Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, October 4th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. For non-playoff bound teams like the Royals, the season ends on Wednesday. They'll get a jump on their team's big decisions, and for the Royals, it starts with manager Mike Matheny. Will he be back next season? Matheny will have completed three years with the Royals without a playoff run, and the person who hired him, Dayton Moore, is no longer with the club. On today's Sportsbeat KC, beat writer Lynn Worthy and columnist Vahe Gregorian break down the future of Matheny and that of starting pitcher Zach Grinke, who appeared in his final game on Monday and finished with a solid 368 ERA. Okay, so we're talking Royals future, and let's get started. Good morning from sunny Kansas City, and welcome to Sportsbeat Live, our weekly discussion about the Kansas City Royals with the folks in the media who know the best. Beat writer Lynn Worthy and columnist Vahe Gregorian are here today. We are presented by the University of Kansas Health System, and you'll hear from KU Med later in the show. Uh, All right, guys. So the Royals, two games left in the season. They play tonight at uh, uh, 5 o'clock Eastern time or our time and then 3 o'clock on on Wednesday, if I'm reading the newspaper correctly. And and they had a win last night. Uh, Extra inning victory over the Cleveland Guardians. And they won it on this blast by Drew Waters. Their ability to score one run when they need to. Waters hits it deep to left field. It is gone for a 10th inning three-run home run. I kind of like what Drew Waters has been doing the last uh, week or so, Lynn. Uh, what, do you, what do you make of Drew Waters' little hot streak? Yeah, I mean it's um, it's part of what I think uh, you saw or what we saw at least numbers wise when he was in Triple um, A Omaha. Um, that power, I mean, he's not a big dude, but that power was part of his profile, part of what they liked. Um, you know, he's he's one of those five tool type guys with his speed, his power, his ability to hit, his ability to hit for um, both average and power, um, and his throwing arm. And um, you know, he's I think in the he had back to back back to back games with home runs over the weekend. Um, so now it's at three in the last, I guess, four games. I believe he was in the lineup on uh yeah, I think it, I think it's three and four games now. So um, but yeah, so he um you know, he's he's shown a little bit of what they, they thought they were, you know, getting what made them so excited when they traded that draft pick for him. Uh, remembering that, that was the deal they made right before the draft this season. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite a, a swat for him uh, to to win that game. So two two games left, as, as we were mentioning. Uh, that game started by Zach Grinke, by the way, and I wanted to spend some time today talking about uh, Zach Grinke's future with the Royals and in baseball because it was his last start and you know, more than likely his last appearance of the season on on Monday. His you know his season is over. And listen, I've it's it's he's been a uh, he has been a positive force for the Royals this year in an otherwise bleak season. Was it a three sixty eight ERA? And by I know you've seen him pitch a couple times, and uh, he's a you know just to have a a veteran pitcher like that in the clubhouse, I think is is, is a value. Just signed a one year deal last year with the Royals. 
Uh, is he somebody who who can come back? Who should come back? Uh, what do you think about Zach Rinke's future with the Royals? Well, I, I tell you what, Blair, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think in terms of his presence, and Lynn saw this in spring training, and so did I, and so so did Sam McDowell. I mean, really, from the day he arrived down there, um, he became a little bit of a you know sort of a Pied Piper presence, right? Where all the younger guys and everybody's younger than Zach Greinke um, were drawn to him. And not only that, he, he reciprocated. I mean, he was, it was very striking scene to see him out sitting behind them doing their, their bullpens um, in the first few days out there, making himself approachable. And I think what you saw all through the season was, you know, sometimes some really good moments, but certainly stable um, in a staff, uh, you know, the most stable element in a lot of ways on a staff in flux. Um, I, it's hard to penetrate what Zach is thinking just because, he, you know, he doesn't really take you inside. Um, I think I saw that they had some discussion with, with Annie Rogers, uh, our friend up in Cleveland, saying he hasn't decided about next year. But I, I, I I suppose that if he's going to pitch next year, he would do it with the Royals. I mean, at this point, he can make X amount of money. Maybe he could make X amount of money more elsewhere. But I, I think there's a comfort for him being with the Royals. And, you know, I could have that entirely wrong. But it sure looks like he's got more more to give if he wants to. Um, even without a date more there, which might be a factor for him. But what, what do you think, Lynn? Is, uh, do you think Zach Rinke is uh, finished with baseball or does he come back and does he come back in a Royals uniform? Um, I don't, I don't think he's finished. I mean, I, there hasn't been any indication, not that there necessarily would have been one way or another for sure from Zach, but there hasn't been any indication that he was, that he's done. Um, uh, to be to be clear, I mean, I'm not I'm not uh, in Cleveland, so I wasn't there last night when he spoke after the game. But um, it, apparently, uh, when he was asked by um, MLB.com, he did mention um, that he hadn't made a decision. But he did also mention, and he said, sort of not to make a big deal of it, but he said um, the fact that uh, Dayton wasn't there is going to be something that they miss. Um, so. How does that play in? I'm I'm not sure, but he the fact that he mentioned it at least um, to MLB.com to me um, at least raises an antenna. Um, the fact that they made that move and that he's going to be a free agent. It's not like he's under contract and it's either he retires or he comes back to them. He could go anywhere. He had other teams that were um, reportedly after him. Um, you know when he signed during spring training, um, teams that offered you know more money um but he decided he wanted to come back to kansas city because of the connection with kansas city and in part because of the connection to the front office um as far as his production this year i mean he wasn't i mean really he wasn't their best pitcher i mean as much as he's got the best resume and you know the, the you know as far as his track record it far uh, surpasses anybody else but um i mean i think as far as production this season brady singer you'd probably say you know pitch better than him this year um but um, just sort of the, the the insight he can provide to the young pitchers. And we've talked all season about how they've been trying to break in so many young starting pitchers at the same time. Um, Zach, at least, was another sounding board, another experience, you know, a, a guy that, you, you know, they could bounce things off of, a guy who would literally tell them things that he would just see, you know, well, maybe unsolicited at times. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been through everything, whether it's playoff games, won a Cy Young, you know, pitched uh, 18 seasons in the big leagues. Um, I think it was his performance, his individual performance, I think the thing um, that 
stands out to me is there's a couple of times, particularly before he went on the IL, where he um, was having issues with his forearm, and those starts just weren't good at all. Like those those starts were just rough, um, and so. Um, but when you're talking about a guy who's 38, 39, you got to also factor in, it's like, okay, is that going to be more of a regular thing if he keeps pitching, you know, deeper into his career? Is that going to, I mean, you don't want to say, oh, well, he's not going to be able to pitch, but you say, is that going to, you know, it happened twice this year where he had IL stints for the forearm. He's had him in the past. So as he gets to closer to 40, are we saying that that's going to happen less often? Um, so another thing that you have to factor in, but I think overall, especially having a steady presence when you had so many guys who hadn't, pitched full seasons or had maybe one full season in the big leagues. Um, he was, he was definitely valuable in that sense. Yeah. Look, 26 starts, a hundred, was it 137? If I, I had that scribbled down here. Um, but anyway, uh, I, the, the record reflects the Royals record. He was four and nine. I was hoping he'd get the win last night, but uh, was didn't get it, but four and nine, but that three, you know, three six eight ERA shows he is still an effective major league pitcher, and I'd like to see him back in a Royals uniform next year. Right? Um, we we don't know when you, when you're talking about the starting rotation, we we just don't know who fills in beyond Brady Singer and Zach Greinke if he returns. Uh, there are plenty of candidates, but based on performance this year, what what sure bets are there for the Royals rotation in 2023, Lynn? I'm not sure how many you, how many, I mean, when you say sure bets, I guess the first question is, are we betting your money? <laughs> I'm, I'm not betting my money on too many of them. Um, just as far as sure bets. Even um, with gambling betting, legal in the state of Kansas. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'm on the Missouri side. So, um, but, uh, but no, I mean, now, when it was a two weeks ago when we had, um, you know, J.J. Piccolo on, um, it was it, one of the more interesting things from that conversation, for me at least, was the fact that he, he said flat out they hadn't closed the door on Brad Keller as a starter, even though he's going to finish this year in the bullpen f- since the middle of August or the last month and a half or so. Um, and he'd be, as far as innings, starts, um, you know, experience, one of their more, you know, in theory, reliable guys that you could put in that rotation next season. Um, sounds like it's one of those things where it may depend on what options they have this offseason, whether that means bringing back Zach Greinke or that means being able to go out and get some free agents. Um, now you have some other guys who look like they could be potential, like, you know, you pencil them in, um, but you're not sure exactly what that performance is necessarily going to look like, whether that's Daniel Lynch, who, you know, has taken the ball regularly, had his first full big league season because he came up last year um, in April or May. Um, you know, so so he's looked good at times, really good. Um, he's had some growing pains, but, I mean, we were saying the same thing about Brady Singer, you know, a year or so ago. Um, Chris Bubich, you know, has, has had, had a rough season. Um, he, he's another one who's, you know, got some experience since he's he came up in 2020. And, and so he's been one of your more experienced guys in the big leagues. Um, but he's just had such a, a variance where, you know, there's times, you know, last year, you think about last year, I think there was a game, um, I don't if it was last year or not, but uh, where he took a, a no-hitter into the seventh inning out in Chicago. And, and you see outings like that, but you see outings where he doesn't make it through two, three innings, you know, multiple times this season. Um and, uh, you know, obviously Jonathan Heasley, you know, when, when he's been healthy this season has looked really good. I mean, there was a time in spring training where we thought, okay, maybe he's going to get one of those rotation spots because, um, you know, he was right there with everybody else. 
Um, so they have candidates like, you know, like was mentioned earlier. It's just a matter of which ones do you count on? I think you count on Singer. If Granky's there, you count on him to be, you know, um, at least a stable, steady uh, force. Keller, you know, will be able to give you innings, be a workhorse. It's just, again, he's had some a lot of ups and downs this season. And it seems like he's one of those ones that's really dependent on situation as far as defense and, you know, because uh, he's going to be a ground ball pitcher. He's not going to be a strikeout pitcher. So there's a lot of guys who you could make a case for. I'm um, just not sure how many you just, you know, pencil in right now and just go forward and say that's end of story. Okay. Um, I want to talk about the future of Royals manager, Mike Matheny, uh, as well. But let's do this. Let's uh, let's hear from the University of Kansas Health System. And when we come back, we'll talk about Mike Matheny and the Royals. March 4th, 2015, I got out of the shower and felt a lump in my left breast. We were able to quickly uncover that she had two subtypes of breast cancer, each of them requiring separate and unique treatment plans. This is why you come to the University of Kansas Cancer Center. It is critical to be treated by a team of experts in that specific cancer type. If you don't start with us, I think you'll have more questions than answers. Why would you go anywhere else? Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the E-Edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. We're back on Sportsbeat Live talking Royals with Vahe Gregorian and, and Lynn Worthy. Uh, please send us your questions and comments and join our conversation. Okay. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Dayton Moore was relieved a couple of weeks ago, and J.J. Piccolo was in the decision-making chair for the Royals. And, Vahe, I think he's got a big one coming up here um, and then maybe later this week or uh, after after an evaluation period when it comes to Royals manager Mike Matheny. Uh, listen, the, the, the Cliff Notes version of Matheny in Kansas City is – you know, under 500 uh, in each of his three years, not, you know, not near a playoff position for the Royals. The roster certainly is turned over now. It's a very young lineup. Uh, but uh, but there are some, I guess they're case for and a case against Mike Matheny returning as the Royals manager. Before you start, though, I wanted to let you know, there have been six managers in baseball this year that either have been fired or will, will, will that we know will step down after the season and uh Tony Larusa you know stepping down for health reasons with the White Sox and Don Mattingly in Florida has already announced his you know resignation after the you know for after the Marlins season is over two of the teams that changed managers in midseason the Phillies and the Blue Jays are actually headed to the playoffs so I'd say that the, that worked for them but anyway so that's a long way of setting up by a what do you think about Mike Matheny's future? 
Well, look, there's, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of moving parts on this, Blair. And, and I think let's go to um, the regime change that we've already seen, right, with, with uh, the Royals terminating Dayton Moore and, and putting this all in the hands of J.J. Piccolo. Um, we have seen that J.J. Uh, is, to use a term that people have been using, has, has been uh, more inclined to be more transactional, I guess is the right, right word. Uh, we know JJ JJ drove the early season firing of Terry Bradshaw. Um, I bring that up just because it obviously obviously is indicative of, um, uh, you know, a, a willingness to make um, bigger moves faster, perhaps maybe than what we would see normally out of Dayton Moore. Um, and so, I, I think that the core of the question really is: this is a reset to some degree for the Royals, a restart. Um, this is now JJ's, uh, JJ's decision, JJ's imprint. And, um, I think if you feel that JJ was on board with Matheny the whole time, then you could see a reason why JJ is going to be inclined to, to stay with it. On the other hand, JJ may see this as a fresh start, a break from the past and, uh, perhaps had questions about Mike, about whether Mike's effective and um, that he may go the other way. I, I really don't feel like I have a uh, headlights on what the decision-making process will be. Um, I, I just think it's a question whether you think in the end, Mike has the right chemistry with this group, um, which, you know, again, we've seen a lot of young players this year. And they've had a pretty good chance to evaluate how Mike works with these young players in ways that we probably don't see from the naked eye, by the way. Now, Lynn can speak to that with far more clarity, I think, just because of what he's been able to see day to day for so long. And we will ask Lynn to speak to that. Carrie says uh, Royals need to clean house manager and GM next. So, I, you know, for the for the fans that I have uh, read in through social media, they're convinced that, that at least you know Mike Matheny uh, needs to go. But social media is not the uh, most accurate of, of gauges to um, to measure uh, what the consensus of opinion is. But Lynn, what what do you think? Well, I think to um, to that comment, first of all, the GM is the one who's making this decision. They've already gotten rid of the president of baseball operations and elevated the GM, so he's not going anywhere. They did not um, make that change two weeks ago to then let J.J. decide on the manager and then um, fire J.J. That's, that's not how that works. <laughs> so the GM is the GM. He's going to be at least for the time being. Um, and after the, you know, the whole song and dance a couple of weeks ago, um, they're going to give him a chance to, you know, get things going here, or at least try to set some sort of direction here going forward. Um, now the manager and the coaching staff is another story. Um, I think if nothing else, um, from, you know, things we've heard from JJ, um, speaking of, uh, uh, you know, the, the time he was on with us. It sounded like there were clear things as far as pitching development, maybe all the way up to the major leagues, but definitely in the minor leagues that he wants to, he wanted to change. This was before he became the the, the top official in baseball operations. Um, when we talked to him after the change was made, one of the things he did mention was talking about 
um, being able to sort of pivot quickly or make changes on the fly. And he didn't point to any specific people, but to me, that I think that was more of um, regarding the pitching staff and the, the starters and some of the struggles they've had and maybe, you know, getting off track early and not being able to make that change. Now, at that same time, I mean, I think um, just the other day we put up the story where I, about Brady Singer and the adjustment he made this year. So I think, and I know people always, you know, want to say Cal Eldred, you know, you do need to give credit for things like that when they made that adjustment. Actually, two different adjustments. One was um, actually about his landing, and then that helped them get to the point where they can make the adjustment with his hand placement. So there have been adjustments the guys have made. Jonathan Easley's been trying to make an adjustment with his landing. Um, some of these guys have transitioned to different roles. You know, Cal's been, played a big part in that. At the same time, the pitching staff as a whole has struggled badly all season. There's no doubt about that. And I think, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's, you know, top of J.J.'s list. Um, now, what that means as far as uh, Matheny, obviously they've been close. They've been close since their playing days, both spent time in um, the Cardinals organization. Um, does that, you know, is that something that Matheny pushes back against? I don't know. Um, if so, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got to go too, just on that fact alone. Now, separate from that, Matheny's track record, I mean, I know people look at the last couple of years and say, well, the record hasn't been good. You know, somebody's got to pay for that. I don't think the roster has necessarily been, you know, at a level where you say that these guys have, you know, way underperformed with the, that they should have been a playoff team. Now, this season, they should have been better than probably what their record was, but um, how much better and how much that falls on Matheny, how much that falls on guys just not performing, which is what, you know, a lot of it was early in the season. Um, I guess that's, you know, that's open to interpretation. And ultimately, JJ has the final interpretation that matters on that one. Um, but I don't think it's, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's as cut as dry, to, dry as, okay, they haven't won games, so, you know, Matheny's got to go. I also think, you know, the main thing is what Vahe mentioned there was that how does he fit with these guys, this young core? How do they feel like he fits with this young core going forward? I think that's going to be the major factor because if you're just looking on, you judging off of his track record, what they've done, I don't know, you put pick your manager in there. Is the, is the record that much better? with the same roster, if, you know, you know, whoever you want to pick, um, La Russa, Kevin Cash, uh, um, you know, name, whoever it is, um, was in there. I'm not sure how much different that is. Um, and, you know, like, so this question that pops up about he's, you know, he's a manager for veterans. Well, I was like, most of this year, the roster has been young guys. Um, and for, you know, the, the knocks that we heard in St. Louis about how he wasn't a good for young guys. Well, all he's had, not I shouldn't say all he's had, most of what he's had, the time he's been here has been young players. And they've been transitioning young guys into the majors every year that he's been the manager, going back to the shortened season, last season, and this year. So um, it's going to be an interesting decision. I don't think it's as simple as they haven't, you know, won, so he's got to go. But um, if they feel like he's not the right fit for this young core going forward, I think that's part of what got TB, um, Terry Bradshaw, um, let go. I think that's going to be what's probably going to result in Cal Eldred being let go. Um, so I'm just not sure where, where Matheny falls in that category. Yeah, you're, you're right, Lynn, about the, the Matheny in his three years really has been um, tasked with helping develop young players at the major league level. First, it was the pitchers, right? And this year, it's it's the lineup. Um, the results on the field have been poor. And I, I like your point also that 
what what manager would have turned this in any of his three teams into playoff worthy you know contenders down down the stretch? I, I'm not sure that could have happened, but it's a bottom line business, right? I mean, um, and teams that are you know teams that have better records than the Royals have changed managers looking to just change the needle and, and change the direction of the of the organization. And unless the Royals catch the Rangers, the Texas Rangers in record and winning percentage, the, the every team that has made a change or is going to make a change in baseball this year will finish the season with a better record than the Royals. And well, you know, and, and you might have a situation where the Royals don't change managers. Um, you know, I, I don't think we look at it anymore and asking ourselves is three years enough. I, I, I think enough has changed above, you know, in the front office that um, that where I would have said in a you know in a regime led by Dayton Moore that Mike Matheny would have gotten the benefit of the doubt. I don't think that's true now with with JJ uh, at at the top. I I think he's going to be more. Uh, results oriented, bottom line oriented. And it just, you know, this season was a disappointment. That's what JJ told us two weeks ago, right? Or, or last, you know, two weeks ago. Season was a disappointment, not where they thought they'd be. And, um, and, and I think you just have to have more than the hitting coach pay for, for, for that kind of result. Am, am, I, am I off base here, Vahe? No, no, I, I, I think you're right. And I think but one thing just to add, I mean, each circumstance is different, and you're right that there have been some some moves made for, for you know, obviously with teams with better records and things that ignited or at least uh, initially have turned things for for uh, different teams. Um, I think what here's what I feel like um, you can count on in this. I think there will be it's it's only three years we can say that, but I think they've had a chance to have an honest evaluation of how Mike connects with young players. And again, uh, we've seen anecdotal stuff where people say, well, well, you know, instead of sitting this guy or pinch hitting this guy, you know, he's, he's only working with veterans and, you know, trust them too much. I, 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 you can cling to that, but I think they see a broader to use the word of the day, broader data uh, on this, whether it's, really through numbers or, or actually through interpersonal uh, relationships and how he deals with these young guys. He has a whole roster of rookies, right, in a lot of ways. And if they don't know by now that he can or can't work with them in a way that resonates with them, um, it, you know, I, th- I think they're, they're not doing their jobs to be able to evaluate that. I mean, I, you just would think they've seen enough one way or another. Um, so I – it's been a warped time. All of COVID has been a warped time, right? His first season is the 60-game season, and uh, even then you're in rebuild mode. I bring that up only to just make this punctuation mark on on this and just it, – it, each situation is its own. The Royal situation is unique, as are those of every other team. And a three-year window here, yeah, he's had, he's had his hand tied behind his back on some things, but – the real thing is, are, are they able to demonstrate um, a path forward and growth and knowing how to how to do that? And um, that's that that's that's the, the entire essence of the question to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've, I've, I've enjoyed the comments from Carrie here. Uh, organization um, uh, needs, uh, with this core needs a younger manager. I, uh, you know, I, I can understand that that thought. And, and look at the Orioles, the, the improvement that, that Baltimore made. They're, they fell short of the playoffs, but uh, but are over, you know, going to be over 500 and, um, and and came from place where the Royals were uh, in the last couple of years. So. Uh, listen, there are a couple other topics I wanted to get to today. Um, uh, the, the Royals finished the home part of their uh, of their season last week and had their lowest attendance in uh, since 1975, 1.27 million through the turnstiles this year. And but we're going to have to save that for another time because we are out of time today. Uh, we'll also ask you. Maybe um, we'll talk about this next week. Uh, think about your Royals player and pitcher of the year. Uh, for, for me, there's an easy one for player and for pitcher. It's even easy for me, but I think there's a couple of worthy candidates for, for pitcher of the year. So that'll be um, – uh, maybe we'll, we'll be talking about the manager's position as well when we speak again. So for, for Lynn Worthy and Vahe Gregorian and for our producers, Monty Davis and George Howard, and to all you guys, thanks for tuning That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, George Howard, and Jeff Rosen. Tip of the cap to Lynn Worthy and Vahe Gregorian for stopping by and sharing their insights on the Royals. Hey, the morning sports edition was 50 pages today, full of Royals, Chiefs, college football, Every sport, you name it, it's covered in the morning sports edition. For more information, go to liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC.